So hello, welcome back to Being Black with Camille Smith. Today we are welcoming Esther Olu. Esther is an R&D formulation scientist, esthetician, educator, and science communicator who is a passionate advocate for dispelling misinformation within the beauty industry and continually striving to make a difference in the lives and skin health of many. She has helped bring creative cosmetic innovations from the lab to the shelves of retailers you know and love. Her expertise has been featured in many publications such as Vogue Business, Sunday Times, The Financial Times, and more. She graduated from UC Riverside with a dual degree in chemistry and media and cultural studies, and more recently, her third degree with honors from the University of Cincinnati with a master's in pharmaceutical science with an emphasis on cosmetic science. Um, you guys know that I've been trying to, of course, highlight Black woman because it is Women's History Month, but this is super special to me because I've been following Esther for a really long time. Before I fangirl, I do want to uh, mention some things to the listeners. We are going back to bi-weekly episodes. This is definitely going to be easier for me to keep up with. Um, as you guys know, my podcast is more of like a passion project, so I do have other things that I'm trying to do as well, so that'll really help me with consistency. Um, also, I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast on whichever streaming platform you enjoy listening to podcasts on and actually rate the podcast. That really helps us get you know, found by other people. And we want to get these conversations out to as many people as possible. And lastly, to follow the Being Black Pod on Instagram to keep up to date with guests where you can actually find them on socials and when the next episodes are going to be coming out. So as I mentioned, Esther, also known as the Melanin Chemist, um, I've been following you, I feel like for like two years now, because you did you actually start content creating in 2020? Are you been content creating before then? No, I, I started in May 2020. Yeah, so yeah. it hasn't even been two years yet. I was gonna say, because <laughs> yeah. I had to have found you like right when you started. <laughs> yeah. Um, being like Black women in STEM as well. I was like, oh, okay, follow. Like, very cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, before I get carried away, I do want to give myself and the listeners a point of reference um, to have our conversation today. So are you ready? Yes. Okay, what does being Black mean to you? So I... How do I phrase this? <clears throat> I feel like, or like, like you said earlier, <clears throat> I don't know if it was recorded at the time, but like you said earlier, um, to me, black being black is not a monolith. And I think people kind of, they like to define that, define it that way. That's not right. how I think of it. Um, I think being black is very unique. And I think it's always um, a celebration because it encompasses our, um, our distinct features, um, our culture, like literally our roots and it exudes um, confidence to me. It also exudes strength and it also exudes fragility. Um, and what I love about being black is that it's so unapologetic, you know what I mean? And um, it's not one size fits all. It's, it's dynamic, it's fluid, it's variable. And that's like how I define being black. I love that. It's dynamic, it's variable. I like that a lot. Um, when did you actually first kind of find out that you're black? Like, was there ever a point in your life that you like, okay, I might be a little bit different than other people. Um, I can't like think of the first exact moment I would say. Um, okay. But I, so I live in Orange County, California. That's, this is where I was born and raised. It is not a um, diverse, um, diverse county, diverse mm -hmm. um, town, city. Right. Um, it's predominantly like um, Hispanic, um, Hispanic class, Latino and Asian. So I would say from the jump, like going to schools, you know, I was looked at um, a different way. I was treated a different way. Um, people, I don't know if you can hear that in the back. I'm sorry. That is my dog. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, 
like I said, I, I was treated differently. Um, I feel like people kind of place barriers on me to what they think I would become. Mm-hmm. So I knew that um, people didn't see me as like their, their other counterparts. Right. So talk a little bit more about actually growing up in your area. So it was predominantly Hispanic slash Latino and Asian. Were there other Black kids, you know, around or like, was it really just you? No, there, there was like, there were, but it was so very few. Right. Um, so I would say, so back for middle school, um, because my, my, my parents worked in Los Angeles, um, I was going to school in Los Angeles for, for a little bit, but then I transferred, um, back to like Orange County. Okay. Um, and the few people that were at schools, I was hanging out with <laughs> because, <laughs> um, that's how, where I felt most comfortable. Right. And then, um, same thing for high school, very few, probably, probably count on my hands. And I, those are the people that I talked to. I mean, I was still friends with other people, but that's who I talked to. And I would say high school was a way different experience because that was a predominantly Asian school. It was a very um, competitive, um, competitive high school, high school. So a lot of microaggressions, um, people were, some racists were there. Like, um, and, um, like I said, I was definitely, I was treated differently. I was in some advanced classes. People didn't think, you know, I, I was smart, um, what am I doing trying to pursue like a, a STEM degree um, and stuff like that. So I, I feel like I didn't have like a positive high school experience. I mean, I don't know if anybody has a positive high school experience, <laughs> but um, I just felt like this pressure to always have to do better um, than my counterparts. So um, yeah, I didn't really have like a good time. It was just, I wasn't, I feel like I just wasn't comfortable. Right. Yeah. You know that I, I definitely, can relate to that. Um, mm-hmm. But going into college, that kind of impact where you wanted to go to school, like, was that something that um, changed? I don't really know the demographics of the university that you went to for undergrad. So um, Riverside, it wasn't, so I, in a sense, it was like more diverse. I mean, yeah, there was like more Black people there, but it was still, we're still, the, we're still the minority there. It was predominantly yeah. Asian and pre- um, predominantly Hispanic, so Latino. Okay. Um, most of my classes, I was still like the only, one of the only people there, especially for STEM. Like it was like maybe like one, one, maybe two people. Like, and I'd rarely see them. Like we weren't lab partners or anything like that. So, right. um, it was hard. And like the organizations that um, I was in, sororities, the only, um, one of the only, no, I think there was two, two or three black girls there. I was, I became one, friends with, um, friends with one of them, mm-hmm. but, um, I left the sorority. My, my other organization, I was only, the, there's three Black people there, and some of them graduated early, so only mm-hmm. Black person there. Um, <laughs> so that, that's pretty much, like, um, the common theme that I, I experienced in, in college. So, I mean, it was rough, but, like, I still ma- maintained connections where I could, um, especially mm-hmm. if I had any problems, so I could, you know, so they can understand me. It's so important to have someone, you know, to connect with and understand when you're going through, like, um, some experiences as a Black person. Right. And lastly, do you have any advice for your younger self? I would say, um, for me, that to, to stop caring about what people think. Um, I think that was um, my biggest problem when I was when I was growing up, I always felt like I had to, I had to like, fit in. Um, and I felt like I didn't really have like a sense of identity because I was always doing, you know, what 
in a sense, like people pleasing, like I was people pleasing to, um, to be like on a pedestal for people. And I, I really think just do what I wanted would have made me so much more happier and not to not be sorry about it. Yeah, no, I like that. I think sometimes I, I've gotten better at it, but I think sometimes I have to remind myself that it doesn't really matter, you know, what other people think. Um, so I think that's positive, you know, advice for yourself, but of course for other people listening too. But I do definitely want to get more into your actual education background because the dual degree is dope. Um, did you know, like, I mean, you had to know, I guess, from the jump that you wanted to do these two different areas. Um, I think now that I'm doing content creating and I like am, I won't say in the media industry, but like better understand it. There are definitely ties between, you know, science and media. But what was your like initial thought process when you were trying to declare these majors? Um, so I actually didn't even start with any of those degrees. Um, so I, I would say my interest in media started like even before I before I went to college. Um, so for high school, um, so they have like advanced uh, programs, and for the program that I was in, you have you have to do an internship. And okay. I got an internship in Hollywood at like a um, it was in a a film studio um, that's in the Hollywood, that's Los Angeles area. And they were filming Dexter there and some and Scandal there and like other cool. other shows there. I wasn't working with them. I was working on like a like a in, like an indie um, film, like um more independent, like a smaller um, smaller company. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I was really like starting to get like my my media experience. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do in entertainment, but I knew I wanted to do entertainment. Um, so and I love science too. So going to college, um, I started as a specialized bio major, but um, I also kind of like wanted to do acting and theater. Like there's so many things I wanted to do, but I, I, I'm not even trying to sound funny. Like I went to like the first audition. I didn't have like a proper headshot. My singing was, it was absolutely trash. Um, And I I was so embarrassed because I knew I didn't get, I didn't get any part. And I was like, you know what? Nope, this is not for me. Like, you know, it's time to... (laughs) It's time to um, look for something else. Um, and I think it was like my first, my, my freshman year um, where I joined an authority and I was also um, starting to pledge for another organization. It was like a co-ed frat. And um, I was in bio, I think the second quarter of bio and mm-hmm. that one I was not taking seriously while I was you know, doing all this pledging and stuff. Right. And um, I didn't pass. And I was kind of thinking, like, you know what? I don't even care about bio. It's boring as hell. And at the same time, if you're trying to do pre-med, they're already trying to weed, weed you out in the first place. So it was right. kind of just like, I just, I didn't care. I like science. I mean, I like math. I like math a lot more. I like chemistry a lot more. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to switch to chemistry. Um, and because we have like, uh, what do you call it? I can't remember like the, the phrase. Um, liberal studies, which to take some classes. Um, I right. had to take um, media and cultural studies and I really liked it. I was like, you know what? Um, I would like to just pick up, pick this up as a second major. It's really interesting. Um, so, I, so people, when I tell people, people like my dual, dual degree, like they're like, what the heck? That's so different. I would expect like chemistry and physics or chemistry. Like, you know right. what I mean? It's like, I get that, but it's like, I wanted to please my parents with science because that's what they were like emphasizing so much. Mm-hmm. And I also want to do what I wanted to do 
So um, I did both. And I mean, obviously it was kind of hard because of like my, my school schedule, but I managed to pull it off. And I, I mean, I love it, but I, unfortunately I don't use my, my media degree as much as I want to, but I still have it as like a reminder that, you know, I something that I wanted to do. So Right. Well, I mean, we're just meeting, but I'm proud of you for actually deciding <laughs> to do something that you're interested in. Cause I think, especially within the black community as well, like our, our parents, I'll say as a blanket statement, you know, sacrifice a lot for us to be in the places that we are. So there's almost like a guilt associated with like, oh, okay, well they sacrificed for me to be here. So like, I, you know, need to do whatever they're doing, but at the same time, those sacrifices that they, you know, put in, they were trying to put us in a position to be able to make choices for ourselves. So there's kind of like a dualism between, okay, I want to, you know, please them, but at the same time, you know, they got me to this point so I can like be my own person and be an individual and take care of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's very admirable that you did both because when I saw your degree, I won't say it's something similar because I ended up minoring in ethics. Like I loved my ethics classes. Like just like the conversations that we would have, like even like the debating, like going back and forth, like trying to understand other people's perspectives. And especially when it came to just like morals and values, like that stuff is super important to me. Um, but when I initially brought it to my advisor's attention, he was like, Camille, you're a chemical engineer. Like, why are you, yeah. why are you trying to yeah. do this? Like the classes don't overlap, you know, like mm-hmm. you would have to completely do separate things. But I was like, okay, but these classes give me a legitimate break from thermodynamics and like mm-hmm. heat transfer. Like I don't yeah. want to be in those classes <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did end up like doing the minor, but I, again, think it's really cool that you actually decided to major in media and cultural studies. So I think now, I mean, you of course create content. So do you see, is your degree helping you with how you create content now? Like you are a very, very, I'll say renowned science communicator um, on your platforms. Um, surprisingly, no, like I don't, I don't use my, my media degree, um, to create content, to be honest, like, I, how do I phrase this? I kind of just do it. I mean, like, I would say I, I use more of like my, my science degree to, um, to create content. Um, I don't, I don't know, like, what particularly like inspired me to like break down what I'm talking about but I always try to make that like my um my foundation when I'm trying to explain things um there's no point of talking talking to a subject to an audience unless they understand what you're saying if you know what I mean so that's like my um my core thing that I try to remind myself when I'm trying to talk about different topics um but yeah I, I wouldn't even say that I've ever had to really use my media degree. I mean, I guess the media is making the, the content, right? Right. So, <laughs> um, but I haven't had like a, a time where I have to like look back at my notes or anything like right. that. <clears throat> right. Yeah, no, I do think my friend and I, um, Aaron, if you're listening to this, shout out to you. Um, but every time that um, we would be in our classes, I feel like a lot of times in STEM, some people like to... I don't even know how to explain it. Like try to like flex their intelligence, I guess. Like, ah, you know, I'm an engineer. Ah, I'm a scientist. And like, they'll purposely speak like very like grandose, I guess. And just like say like a bunch of, even the word grand, like just say like big words for literally no reason. And Aaron and I would always talk about how we always felt that the smartest people were the people that were able to explain very complex ideas to people that had no background in it. Um, so I think that's why I really liked your video is because even though I've, you know, taken organic chemistry and I've like taken those, I'll say 
like foundational chemistry classes for my major. There are certain things that you've talked about in the videos that I really, you know, didn't take those classes on like an advanced level. And I still understand what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so like for me, that like really marks, you know, the, that marks that you're in a very intelligent person. Like you're able to take again, very complex ideas and be like, okay, like if I'm speaking to somebody that didn't even get to go to school, didn't have the opportunity to go to school, they also should be able to understand and access exactly. information as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's very cool. So I wanted to also talk about, so you're pretty, well, you're big on both Instagram and Twitter, but from my understanding, since I'm like slowly getting into skincare content creator community, that these communities are very different. (laughs) So do you have a preference between your Instagram community versus your Twitter community? And like, why? Like, what are like the main differences that you see? Um, I would say, okay, this is, this is hard to answer. So for Instagram, I really just post and go. Like I'm not like, I, I don't like engage with like my audience like a lot. Um, but I mean, I feel like they kind of just like comment and you can respond if you want to, you don't have to respond. I feel like I have more fun on Twitter. Like, cause I can just, I can tweet anything. Like, you know what I mean? Instead of having to like create like this very detailed video or like very right. detailed post. Um, there's like less pressure there. Like I can talk about anything super easily. People are more fun. There's memes and stuff like that. Um, but sometimes the discourse on Twitter, it's like, it gets like recycled like a lot. And it's kind of like, it kind of gets exhausting. Like for example, I'm, I don't know if you're on Twitter or not, but um, there is a video of Dr. Dre telling people to, that they don't have to wash like their arms and legs. And this, Wait, this was, yes. yes. He said this he, on camera. Yes. Yes. I'm being, you haven't seen it yet? It's, no. I, she, so she posted it on TikTok. I'll, I'll, send, I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you um, after, after we're off. Um, so she posted it on TikTok, I think months ago. This was, this was like last year. She was saying like, you know, you just have to like wash like your armpits, like where, pretty much where you sweat. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to do, like, to do your arms and legs. Obviously that caused a lot of discourse last year because we, we saw throughout the entire year, there's like several celebrities saying that, you know, they don't shower, they don't, like, like, all that, wait, all that mess. Wait, time out. Did you see the interview? I think it was Ashton Kutcher and his wife were saying that they don't shower and they don't make their kids shower until they yes. feel dirty. Yes, Whoa. yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, what and that that's, that's part of like what Dr. Dr. Dre was saying. She's like, unless you feel, she's, she's like, unless you feel like visibly dirty, you don't have to like shower, you look your arms and legs. And the video, pretty much came up again because have you heard of Derm Guru on Instagram? Yes. So she duetted Dr. Dre's TikTok, I think maybe like a couple of weeks ago or a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And it got re-put onto Twitter I get like this week. Right. And obviously everyone's, you know, up in arms about it. Like um I'm just like I don't want to engage in this anymore. Like I thought we were past this. Like um right. so a lot of discourse, like I said, it gets like recycled again and again and again and that's like the only thing that like I'm kind of just like I'm tired but I feel like I have like a lot of fun with I have a lot more fun with um Twitter compared to like my Instagram audience okay that's crazy I feel like too I don't know I think it's so weird that like us as like human beings have to talk about hygiene 
And I feel like that became such like a thing because of course, over the pandemic, like people, I remember like initially people were like, oh my gosh, like I've washed my hands so many times. And like, for me, I was like, I'm washing my hands the same amount. Like I normally would wash my hands before like eating something. I would normally wash my hands after going to the bathroom, regardless, <laughs> regardless of what it was. Cause that was also a conversation <laughs> that I have with people like, oh, well, if, you know, it's number one. Like it's not, whoa, <laughs> you're supposed to wash your hands every time, like every time. So that's really interesting. No, I did not see that. I am on Twitter. But again, I'm slowly starting to follow, you know, the skincare content creators, the science yeah. communicators. That's crazy. I have not even seen that. Yeah. Um, at first, I think yesterday, it was like, it was a small ratio when, 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 when that video like, came up. And now right. it's about, I would say 9,000 people have like quoted the video. That's maybe <laughs> more. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not. I'm not engaging in this, like, because we, we see it every couple months, like, I'm just, no. That's <laughs> so scary. Anyway, um, so you have these platforms, right? You have these platforms, you have a platform on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, are you on TikTok? I just started, like, okay. last week, yeah. Okay, so on TikTok and that, you know, of course, will grow. What do you actually hope to get out of your platform? I know initially you said, like, you just kind of are making, you know, the content. You didn't necessarily know why you picked, you know, ingredient sciences necessarily, but like, what do you hope to do with it? Um, really the reason like why I even started my account was because I love, I love cosmetic science and I want to like, you know, just share people like, you know, why, why I love it so much, but like the right. different concepts with it. Um, and that's always going to be like one of the, one of the, one of the reasons why I, I continue like, creating content because there's so many things that people I would say treat like so surface level like um for example people I asked a question um a couple of days ago do you guys think actors and body wash work everyone would everyone said no not everyone most of the people said no but only like nine percent right. said yes and I was like okay that's what I expected, expected people to answer um but here's why that's not true like you know what I mean I like you know providing nuance I like um educating people um and that's um one of the goals that I want to have um with creating content but also I want more black people to get involved in cosmetic science I feel like it's such a it it is actually it is a small industry cosmetic science specifically like it's very small um and I want our community to be more involved involved in it because we can um, helped steer some of like, the key key decision making roles, and I think um, for people to see um, to see me and see other chemists on like this platform, that will inspire them more to get on, get into this field. Right. I like that. Well, with that, we are going to wrap up the episode, and we're going to do something I call this and that. So basically, I'm going to tell you there's five different questions, and you're just going to pick either or. Um, you do not have to give me like a, um, in-depth answer at all. Just whatever comes to mind. I do think one of them is going to be more difficult for you. So we're going to (laughs) say, okay, ready? Yes. All right. Serums or moisturizers? Moisturizers. Okay. Vitamin C or hyaluronic acid? Vitamin C. Okay. Instagram or Twitter? Twitter. Blush or bronzer? Bronzer. 
lastly, chemistry or media. <laughs> oh my goodness. Media, I guess. <laughs> That's um, hard. <laughs> yeah, no, that was going to be like the more difficult one. Because again, when I saw that major, I was like, that is so cool. But they are very different. Um, yeah. But I said I wasn't going to fangirl. But it, my experience, like I had nobody else in my family going to a STEM degree. So I was like the first person in my family to attempt. Um, and I had a very similar experience in that I was one of two Black girls in my class um, me and Maya are like real tight though, <laughs> but, um, it's difficult when you're going through something that's really difficult and you don't have somebody else, you know, to look towards or to see that, you know, they've done it. Um, so that's why I've really tried to change who I follow, you know, trying to find, you know, black women in STEM that are doing the things, not necessarily that I want to do, but just are doing their own things and doing it well. So when I found your page, again, it was an instant follow, um, you're, I feel like one of the few people that I can consistently count on to learn something um, every time that I see your content. So from a follower, I, I deeply appreciate the content that you put out. Um, and also now as a potential internet friend, I really appreciate you taking the time to um, talk with me today. So thank you. But yeah, this was nice. Like I don't, I, typically like I don't really like do like podcasts or like mm -hmm you know, lives and stuff like that. It's starting to get dim gloomy again all of a sudden. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, this is nice. I like, I like when people like, you know, contact me to, to do this stuff because sometimes I'm just like, ah, do I want to do it? Like, you know what I mean? So, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I appreciate that you took the chance to be on the podcast with me. Um, as for the listeners, again, thank you. I hope that you are enjoying your Women's History Month. Venmo Cash App Zell, a woman in your life, money for something. Um, but come back in two weeks. I again will be releasing episodes bi-weekly and I will be putting all of Esther's um, socials in the description box. You can follow her on her journey um, as she continues. So again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Esther. And I will see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you.